Mallory Rubin, you're head of editorial at The Ringer, and you are found on their Ringerverse podcast talking about faraway places like Westeros and Middle Earth and galaxies that are far, far away. But today we wanted to talk to you about a place that's even more magical and mysterious, the land of Old Bay seasoning and pit beef, Baltimore, Maryland. Wow, Jeremy, what a what a setup. That was absolutely <laughs> thrilling. The, uh, the true <laughs> power of the force, Old Bay seasoning, you know? It's, That's what it's know, really I, all about. I actually find it too salty. And I, I've got... I know that's a controversial opinion, but like when you when they pile it on the crabs, mm-hmm. you're trying to yeah. extract that like half ounce of meat, and you cut your fingers, and then the old bay gets in the cuts. Yeah, that's that's hell. That's the good part. It's it's Oriel fandom in miniature, right? It's the whole experience. <laughs> right. You have to work and work and work and wait for that morsel. But when the old bay hits your bloodstream and you get to taste that deliciousness, mm. you know it was all worth it. Speaking of the Orioles, Mallory, they're having an anomalous kind of season, right? This is a team that has not won the World Series in 40 years. Since yeah, Cal Ripken. Reminder. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah. Since, since 1983, when Cal Ripken was in his second season in the major leagues. And they're not just doing things that they don't typically do, but they are in first place in the AL East. They have the best record by about a game over Tampa in the entire American League. And you have been a fan of this forlorn franchise your whole (laughs) life. You've been waiting for this for a long time. Yes. What what is it like right now to to be experiencing Orioles excellence? I, I mean this sincerely and without hyperbole. It is the thrill of my life. This season is shaping up to be the most memorable sports season that I've gotten to experience. Seventh pitch to Henderson. That's taken out to left. Kiner Falefa back in the corner. It's gone. What a start for Gunnar Henderson. What a start for the Orioles. Now, I've seen the O's in the playoffs a handful of times. I was born in 86. So the, the 83 title, that last World Series that you that you just cited, predates me, Mm. but I got to watch the team in the playoffs in 96 and 97. I got to enjoy the absolute jubilation of the return in 2012 and 2014 and 2016. But this feels different in a number of ways. Rutschman drills it deep right field. Adley Rutschman gives the Orioles the lead with another absolute bomb over the flat court. Hello, Utah Street. Goodbye, baseball. The we're ahead of schedule and we're dominant and we're here to stay aspect of it is a real treat. They are just so fun to watch every single day. He drives this to right field. Towards the corner it goes. Down the line it goes. And there's number one. Didn't take much time, did it? The first major league home run for young Jordan Westberg. one nothing Baltimore. And I think that's the thing about baseball fandom. Like, I'm a Baltimore sports fan overall, right? So I love the Ravens. I've gotten to enjoy a couple Ravens Super Bowls. I nearly dislocated my shoulder celebrating Lamar Jackson's contract extension this offseason. I care deeply about the Baltimore sports experience in general. 
But there is something distinct about Orioles fandom and something distinct, I think, more broadly about baseball fandom, right? The pain and misery that you feel every day when your team is bad. You just forget about it so quickly when you get to live inside of the inverse. When your team is good and interesting and irrelevant, it is a source of daily pleasure in a way that nothing else in in sports can, can truly match. Who has the best record in the American League? The champion Astros? No. The Yankees? No. The Otani slash Trout Angels? Not even close. It's the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles, who just two years ago lost 110 games. Of course, Charm City is enthralled by the revival of their beloved O's. And to mark the occasion, this weekend, Camden Yards will play host to Sunday Night Baseball for the first time since 2018 where the O's will face their AL East rivals, the Yankees. So today, long-suffering Orioles fan Mallory Rubin joins us. She'll share what this run means to the Baltimore faithful and how long she thinks this particular version of Orioles magic might last. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Friday, July 28th. This is ESPN Daily. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Mallory, Baltimore is one of those baseball places. It's so ingrained in the culture. The history of the sport is so deep in Baltimore. So there's all this weight, the weight of this legacy. And, and also at the same time, for the last 40 years, all of this failure, ignominy. Mm -hmm. So knowing what the Orioles have been like through most of your lifetime, I can understand why you would say, this is the best time of your life right now. (laughs) It really is. And it's an interesting thing to have lived through the real dark days, you know, the 14 consecutive losing seasons. And it's just painful to say it out loud. It really is. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh. (laughs) It hurts. I feel it in my soul. But I think one of the the true challenges of experiencing that era of Orioles fandom is that it felt like the losing subsumed the excellence of the past in a way that I found maddening because, you know, I like I grew up in Baltimore, right? My dad grew up in Baltimore. So he grew up going to Memorial Stadium. He grew up watching the team that was like the central force in the baseball universe. And so I was weaned on stories of Earl Weaver and the power of the three-run homer and Oriole magic. And I could have probably told you about Brooks Robinson's 16 straight gold gloves before I like could write my own name. And so I would find myself so often needing to like feeling compelled to defend their relevance 
in the baseball landscape, in the baseball universe. People, it felt like people forgot, Jeremy. It felt like people forgot that this is a, a franchise, you know, dating back to the, the St. Louis days that had seven pennants, right? The Baltimore Orioles in the, in the Baltimore era since 54. This team has played in six World Series. They've won three. There was a stretch from 66 to 83 where they were the juggernaut in the sport. Get down to Robinson. It's fitting he makes the final out. Just Robinson throws him out. Baltimore is the world champ. The Orioles have a, somewhat of a dynasty going now. They have won three of the last five American League pennants. Their second world championship in the last five years. And so I think the most exciting thing about what's happening now is that it's not just a chance to watch a team that's good and a chance to watch a team that can genuinely contend and build something that feels lasting. It's like a return. It's a return to something that felt elemental to what it meant to be a part of the Orioles fan base and the Baltimore community. And that's a very special thing for the people who are a part of the Baltimore fan base. But also I think to see everybody else in the sports universe, like recognize that and acknowledge that that is a meaningful thing. That's the magic of sports, right? That you're never down forever. There's always a chance to, to, to rediscover it again. This was the model franchise in major yes. league baseball. This was, as you said, from the middle sixties through the seventies into the early eighties. It wasn't just that they were successful, but this was the model right. franchise because they were doing it the right way. They were developing the talent. There were the Palmers and the Ripkins yes. and the Murrays. Yeah. And then it all went bad, basically around the time you were born. I don't know if there's, you know, causation. <laughs> you think there's a, a correlation? Well, yeah. Correlation, whatever it might be. Can you take us through a timeline of how things went so wrong, soured for Baltimore? Well, there, I think, are different, like, discrete eras of wrong-footedness inside of, of the slumps. I think like coming out of the, the Weaver years, now of course, Hank Bauer had managed the 66 team. Earl is there from 68 to 82 and then comes back briefly for the, the 85 to 86 stretch. He's there for the meat of it. He's that central force. When I, like it was my formative years of Orioles fandom and was watching the games, Jim Palmer, who you just mentioned, Cakes, Hall of Famer, never allowed a Grand Slam. Can't stop talking about it. I'll talk about that till the day I die. Never allowed a Grand Slam. Just think about that for a minute. I think he's very emblematic. You know, the fact that Palmer's on World Series team across three decades is just a remarkable and astonishing thing that is like difficult to grasp and contextualize in, mo in modern sports, right? And so you have these moments, Brooks Robinson, Boop Powell, Frank Robinson coming over in the Reds trade. Shout out Milt Pappas, we're still grateful. And immediately <laughs> winning the MVP, on and on and on. And then everything changes, the streak with Cal. You know, there's this magic around that mid 90s moment. He breaks the streak in 95. What began on May 30th, 1982 and continues September 6th, 1995. And let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr. has reached the unreachable star. They're in the playoffs in 96 and 97, but let's like, I mean, I would prefer not to talk about that, but let's talk about that, right? For, 
for, for the sake of uh, being a completist here for a second, okay, everything's happening. It's good again. They're back in the postseason. The Jeffrey Meyer moment in 96, like, yes, they made it back to the playoffs in, in 97, but I don't think it's like an exaggeration to say that that flipped things in a way that felt almost like mystical, right? And this is one of the things well, about those baseball. you don't remember, you know, it's, what is it? It's a playoff game against the Yankees, yeah, Yankee Yankees. Stadium. And what was Game he? one of the ALCS, yeah. Jeffrey Mayer was, what was he, 12 years old? And he yeah. interferes. Old enough to know what he did, Jeremy. So Jeter hit the ball, right? And and yeah. who is going to catch yeah. it? And, and Tony Tarasco. Tony Tarasco. Yeah. In right field, Tarasco going back to the track, to the wall. And what happens here? He contends that a fan reaches up and touches it. But Richie Garcia says no. It's a home run. And that's that's this turning point. Yes. The contention by Tarasco is that the ball is descending and the fan touches it. He's right. He's, He's right. right. Absolutely. I mean, this is this um, moment from which you can never return. I, I think that, that I guess like that's the thing though, right? Is that it feel it feels that way and it can feel that way for a long time. Those 14 consecutive losing seasons from 98 to 2011, like an all-time great, like Cal Ripken, he's on the team for a lot of those seasons, right? And there's not enough else to sustain a return. But if you look at the history of the franchise, I think there are consistently these moments of either sustained excellence and then sustained struggles, or, and this might seem like a contradiction, but I think is of a piece, these back-to-back swings, these fulcrum moments, right? Where something can change on a dime. I mean, I was looking it up. I was surprised because I'm older than you. I still think of, when I think of the Orioles, I still think of that golden age and Palmer yeah. in his underwear and Earl Weaver <laughs> with his cat yeah, turn sure. around screaming at, you know, Ron Luciano and, and, and all the winning and the, those great teams and Eddie Murray. Um, but since 1983, they have won 90 games in a season just three times. Yeah. And not since 2014. Even the Mets, with all of the misery that has been <laughs> experienced, have 11 90 win seasons, 11 out of the last 40 since 1983. So, so now in this moment, yeah. this flowering, this summer of Baltimore, of the Orioles, <laughs> are you just waiting for everything to collapse? <laughs> Have you adjusted yourself emotionally to success or, or are you still skeptical? What a question. There's always a part of your brain as a sports fan that's waiting for the terrible thing, right? <laughs> of course, that's just the nature of it. But that is not, I don't know why, but mm. this season feels different to me. And I think even in the last few weeks watching the like something like the trade deadline approaching and the narrative around okay, well, like, does it make sense for the Orioles? To, should they be buyers? How aggressive should they be to like, are the Orioles a team that's going to try to trade for Shohei Otani? This is, I feel like I spent a lot of time covering Marvel. I feel like I've, I've entered a different dimension in the multiverse. Like, I just can't believe this is my life, right? But it is. And so I'm going to hold on to it and cherish it for every second. I'm not waiting for them to collapse. 
If they do, I will not consider the season a failure. Genuinely, mm. I will still say they emerged ahead of schedule and they are building something that I think is going to be lasting for a decade. Mallory, why this generosity of spirit with this particular <laughs> team? What is it about this particular team uh, and these players that has you in this positive frame of mind? I think it's it's a few different things all at once, right? It's a It's a brew, like it's an alchemy. It's a mix of variables and ingredients that feels like it's not just a blip. You have a guy like Gunnar Henderson, who I'm sure we'll talk about more today. I look forward to doing so. Number one prospect in baseball. Henderson blasts it. Sandwich between two other Orioles, Adley Rutschman and now Jackson Holiday, who are the number one prospects in baseball. Adley to left. It's deep. Cave is back. And that is a three-run shot. Adley Rutschman into the bleachers and left. They're having fun. They believe that they can do it. The number of comeback wins, the number of one-run wins. These are things that I think, with love and respect for my fellow media members, a lot of baseball analysts will cite as concerns, right? As things that like, there will be a regression here. These are not sustainable. Tuesday night, they blew, they blew it, right? They, they blew it to the Phillies. And Brandon Hyde's response after was like, in essence, and I'm paraphrasing, if you keep playing one run games, you're going to lose some of them. If we continue to play one run games, it's gonna, we're going to lose some. I mean, you just can't be perfect every night out of the bowl. And it wasn't like a harbinger of the apocalypse to come. It was a recognition it's a little bit of the Crash Davis to nuke Lelouch Bull Durham energy, right? Like sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. It's a long season and they're winning more than they're losing. And that's just a miracle. <laughs> I'm just concerned, Mallory, you know, hearing your enthusiasm. <laughs> I don't know how this enthusiasm is sustainable. It must be exhausting. It's stressful. I, I haven't been this enthusiastic yeah. about anything in baseball, I think, since Daryl Strawberry came up in 1983. Um, <laughs> and look how that worked out. Yeah. Um, oh, God. So, so let's talk about Gunnar Henderson. As you said, we would. Um, your thoughts on the, what, rookie of the year, right? Without question. I mean, without question. I, I think it's at the point where I'm wondering, you know, if we'll get some down-ballot MVP votes. If you strip away the slow start at the top of the season, you know, what he's done in, in June and July, but even since mid-May, it's it's not just, hey, we have an exciting young player on the team. It's like superstar stuff. Oh, boy. 3-2, Gunner. High in the air to right field. Look out below. Oh, what a big blast. We're watching one of the great players who's going to be a face of the game for the next decade. This is what you've been waiting for, folks. This is Gunnar Henderson. It's in 462 I feet. So. That is a Utah Street shocker. The power of the pop. Um, get recently had a home run off a lefty. That was a thrill and a very exciting thing. High drive, Henderson in the right field. Did he get enough? You bet he did. Well, he's finally comfortable against a lefty. 
You can tell because the ball's halfway up the bleachers. There's nobody in the lineup I trust to come through with a clutch hit more than Gunnar Gunnar Mm. Henderson, which is just Mm. a remarkable thing. Oh, boy. In the air to right field, you will never see this baseball again. High into the New York skyline. Two home runs, four hits for Henderson. A baker's dozen worth of homers for him on the season. When we come back, how these birds are bathing in their current success. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Mallory, this is one of the youngest teams in baseball. And there is this exuberance. And they have these different rituals and celebrations. What do you see when you see them celebrating? Joy and the belief in possibility and the spirit of community. Like, it's, <laughs> that's it. You know, I, <laughs> that's it's, all. It's just the, nothing big. Just the heartbeat of, just the heartbeat of life itself. <laughs> you know, I cover fantasy stories, right? I cover sci-fi and fantasy and superhero stories. And I'm always talking about like the hero's journey and found family. And I, I don't mean to be cheesy about it, but I do think about those things when I watch these Orioles because the team is so young and they are so eager to soak up the thing that is happening to them in real time. So the celebrations, I love. I don't think that players should be embarrassed to enjoy their own success. I don't think they should have to like inhibit the jubilation that they're feeling when they do something cool. The Homer hose. I have some hygiene questions, but other than that, I love it. Explain it. Well, how does it work? So the Homer hose, there's a, a, a currently their their celebration circuit is it's very water centric. When it, when an Oriole player singles, get to first, and you get a little. This is a podcast, so nobody can currently see what I'm doing with my hand. But it's I a can. little a little wrist movement, right? right. Like you, you turn on the faucet, turn on the faucet. We're getting something going, right? It's a little trickle. Okay. Extra base hit. It's the sprinkler. It's the sprinkler, and so the the guy on second will do the sprinkler sign. 
and everybody in the dugout goes to the rail and spits water over the edge. Hayes with another absolute seed. This one's over the head of Connor Capel. And that's five hard-hit balls in a row for Austin Hayes. This one, the hardest hit of all, and there go the sprinklers. It's just baffling and bizarre, but absolutely marvelous. So when they're at Camden, when they're home, they have leaned in so fully to this celebration that they have actually named a section of the stadium the birdbath, the splash zone. And there's a guy at every home game wearing like a flamingo inner tube around his midsection called Mr. Splash, who super soaks the fans when they get an extra base hit. And everyone loves it. They Mm. love it. Mullins, right center field. That ball's up the alley. That ball is going to be extra bases. Maybe three. Cedric loses the helmet. He's going to go to third. And he's in there. Let's get wet. There we go. The birdbath is alive. (laughs) Bring me the coldest water in all the land. It's your moment, Mr. Splash. And how does the Homer hose itself? What work? I, 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 it's like I, a funnel. So right. they pour some water in and then it comes down into the hose. And the guy who homered is a, a receptacle, a vessel for the water that funnels through the Homer hose. Boy, and if anybody deserved one tonight, it was Austin Hayes. That's three balls in a row barreled up for him. See if he hits the hydration station. Yes, he will. I don't know how sanitary the end of that hose is right now, but it is refreshing. But everyone else is bringing it to him, and so it's a shared celebration, but also an individual recognition. Three home runs for the Orioles and a new home run prop. The home run funnel. Ryan Mountcastle, the first to drink the sweet, sweet nectar of the baseball gods. Adley Rutschman full extension. James McCann has a face that can only be described as ew. I hope somebody washes that in between home runs. I don't know. I don't know. Good way to hydrate. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, the other thing is, right, you know, you talked about the atmosphere at the ballpark. Yeah. This is a great place to see baseball. It's the best. It has been since day one. The best. You can certainly make that case. Has it been a place that's seen a lot of winning on the part of the home team? <laughs> no, it has not. Is there a Camden Yards curse? Mm, oh boy. I got I hope not. Certainly hope not. I don't think so. I think Camden has seen a lot of wonderful moments. When the O's broke back through, it has. I when I can still see I mean, the, I, I the number that. falling down on the warehouse when Cal broke the streak. I right. mean, listen, you're a you're a, a an all star journalist and you're bringing some facts, and it's 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 my burden to confront them in real time. And yet, okay, when the O's made the playoffs in 2012, they made the wild card game. They played you Darvish and the Rangers in that game, and they won. 
Fly ball left field. That's it. Nate McClough is there. And the magical season of the Baltimore Orioles continues. Now, I would say to you, if you asked me right now, which you didn't, but let's pretend you did, what's the best experience of your life as a sports fan? I would pick that game, not one of the two Ravens Super Bowls. Wow. Which is, is not even when they crushed the Giants. Genuinely. Wow. Now that's up there. That was yeah. a wonderful okay. experience. But the 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 magnitude of that return in 2012 was just so supreme and felt so consequential that it just stands out when I think about it. But the reason I mention it in the context of your Camden question is because in, in 2014, they won the division. Ball and two strikes on goals. Round ball the first. There's Pierce. And the Orioles are champions of the AL East. They clinched the division on my birthday. <laughs> I have such what's a vivid your, what's memory your of this. September, September 16th. 16th. Okay. And I will just never forget, for as long as I live, I will never forget watching, and this is at Camden, which is why I mention it now, Adam Jones run back onto that field and seeing every single fan still there. And mm. minute after minute after minute passed and he ran around the bowl of the field and he shoved pies in people's faces. And it wasn't just that they had won the division. It wasn't just that they had managed to get back to the playoffs after just being there in 2012. It was that something was happening at home. It was that the fans who were there got to enjoy it. You, you got to give people a reason to believe. And when you do, they will be there to cheer and to show you that they care and to support you even when you come up short. Like that is the beauty of fandom. Mm. That's the beauty of baseball. For people who don't know, Mallory, what is Orioles magic? Oh boy, Orioles magic. It is, it's a couple things. It is quite literally a motto. It is quite literally a song, which I'd be happy to sing to please, you if you're please. interested. If you're offering, go um, right ahead. <laughs> when the game is close and the O's are hot, there's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they've got. I won't, I, I'll spare you anymore. No, no, no. But no. it's a way Don't of life. Spare me. <laughs> it's a way of life. It's a jingle that, that that 79 team that went to and lost the World Series. The song comes out uh, in, in 80 and it becomes this anthem and like recognition of a way of life for the fan base. And so there's the, the, the chorus, right? Orioles magic, feel it happen. Orioles magic, feel it happen. And whenever something good happens, whenever it feels like there is a glimmer, an ember, a little coal with a glow of Oriole orange in it, and you just have to get enough oxygen there and tend it so that a flame can burst to life in front of us, that's Oriole magic. Oriole magic is a beautiful summer day where there's less humidity than there should be. Oriole magic is that thing you said you fear earlier. 
It's the crab leg cutting your finger and the old bay hitting your bloodstream. <laughs> Oriole magic is the, the wafting aroma of pit beef from Boog's Barbecue out on Utah Street hitting your nose as you're heading into the stadium. Oriole magic is the essence of fandom. It is the recognition that something is special, not because it happens all the time, specifically because it doesn't, right? <laughs> you should never take for granted, never be complacent about the fact that you have gotten to watch something that brought you joy because it could be gone tomorrow and then hopefully it comes back one day and you get to sing Oreo magic with your friends. That's a pretty good explanation, I would say, of what constitutes <laughs> Orioles magic. Yeah, ain't the beer cold. Now we have something of a tradition here at ESPN. We have some Maryland natives who are prominent at the company who like <laughs> to give us their Maryland accents on occasion, flaunt sure. them like Tim Kirchin yeah. and Scott uh-huh. Van Pelt. Can you can you give us something in in, in kind of a charm city uh, patois accent? Regrettably, I think I probably can. Yeah, <laughs> let's see. Jeremy, interested in going down to the ocean, hon? How about them O's? Grab a natty bow and let's watch them O's. Mr. Splash in the Splash Zone. Gunner, going deep. Long ball. Mallory, I, I won't <laughs> attempt any kind of a New York response. That, that was outstanding. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Something magic happens Every time you go You make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close I'm Jeremy Schapp. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bradford Craig, Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Heather Lombardo, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andre Soto, Andy Tennant, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Deontay Epps and Jackson Agella. We'll talk to you Monday. Every game does a different star. That's the magic of Orioles, baby.